Relive the classic days of the Old West with the best in old-time radio westerns. From gunslinging cowboys to heroic sheriffs, these radio dramas will transport you back to a time of adventure and mystery. Enjoy a vast selection of stories and episodes that will keep you entertained for hours. Make sure to check out our show notes for more information about these episodes. So join us and experience the best in cowboy classic old-time radio westerns. Dodge City and in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. Gun smoke. Starring William Conrad, the story of the violence that moved west with young America, and the story of a man who moved with it. I'm that man, Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. The first man they look for and the last they want to meet. It's a chancy job, and it makes a man watchful and a little lonely. Seven is a significant number for a variety of reasons. One highly entertaining reason we'd like to remind you of is the magic number of top daytime dramatic serials only the CBS Radio Network sends your way each Monday through Friday. No less than seven of America's longtime favorite dramas. Comedy abounds with The Couple Next Door and Drama with the Light Touch on The Second Mrs. Burton. Other top CBS Radio dramas enjoyed by millions include The Romance of Helen Trent, Whispering Streets, and The Right to Happiness. Hours of absorbing entertainment every weekday come from these top dramas, presented exclusively by CBS Radio, and brought to you as an important part of the different sound of this station. Got the horses out here. Let's get moving. I'll be along, Bones. Yeah. No, even that right gut they call whiskey is gonna. T- what you doing? Changing my shirt. Changing your shirt. Whew. You ever think you're doing that, Bone? <laughs> Not for going into Dodge City, I can tell you. Be a waste of time. Uh, gals might think different. Hey, not them gals, right? All they're interested in is your money. They don't care if you smell pretty or not. <laughs> you sure don't have to worry about that, Bone. <laughs> Besides, if they want a slicked up dude, they can make eyes at that Easterner blew in a few days ago. What's his name? Scott. Yeah. Yeah, Scott. I'm kind of interested in your little gal out at the Long Branch, ain't he? He better not be. Well, I seen him with her last night when I was in town. He'd be a tough man to beat, right? I bet he changes his shirt, oh, 
Every other day or so. I'll change it for him if he ain't careful. And I hear his daddy's rich. Now, there's a tough hand to beat. Money, good looks. He's going to lose them both if he don't stay away from Miss Laurie. <laughs> Miss Laurie? Yeah. Ain't we getting polite now? Shut up, Bone. Now, you sure you got yourself fixed up pretty enough for her? Bone, you start now, riding. Don't, don't you worry none. Because you have any trouble with that dude, you just come to old Bone. <laughs> I won't need no help. I thought you was in a hurry. Well, I am. I'm dry. And stop talking and let's get going. Well, this may not be the best beer in the world, Kitty, but it's a lot better than that stuff they serve up in Hayes City. Well, thanks a lot. Yeah, Kitty, this saloon, bad as it is, looks mighty good after some of the places I've been in on this trip. Now, look here, Matt. You get as good a run for your money here as any place in Kansas. Well, I was just saying, Kitty, that uh, I'm glad to be back. You better be. Excuse me, Miss Kitty. Oh, hello, Andy. You know Marshal Dillon? Marshal? This is Andy Scott, Matt. Glad to know you, Andy. Andy's on a visit from back east. Oh, business trip? <laughs> no. No, it's a graduation present from my father, Marshal. This trip out here, I mean. Ah. When I get back home this fall, I'll be going to work. That sounds like you better enjoy yourself while you can. <laughs> yes, I guess that's right. Uh, Miss Kitty. Yeah? I was looking for Laurie. Uh, she ought to be here anytime. Oh, uh... Well, I'll, uh... Andy, if you have a minute, why don't you sit down? I'd like to talk to you about something. All right. You want a beer? No, thank you. Uh, Kitty, uh, yeah. I'll be over at the bar. Well, you can stay if you want. It's not private. Oh, I know that. But Mr. Hightower just came in. He has some papers for me. Oh. So, uh, I'll, I'll see you later. What did you want to talk about? Laurie. Oh, what about her? She's very young, you know, Andy. She's just 18. Yes, I know. And I wouldn't want to see her hurt. Neither would I. If her parents were alive, she wouldn't be working here at all. Miss Kitty, Laurie and I have become good friends, very good friends. And she's told me a lot about herself. I'm sure she has. She was stranded. She needed money and a place to stay and people to be around. I don't think it's been hurting her, working here, I mean. I don't either. Then what you're saying is that you don't want to see her hurt by me. That's right. Neither do I. You're seeing an awful lot of each other. She's, she's pretty fond of you. I hope she is. But with you, this whole thing's just part of your trip west, your big adventure on the plains. It's after you leave that I'm worried about. When the time comes for me to leave, I hope Laurie will leave with me. Come back to Philadelphia to stay. You talking about marriage? Yes, I am. I see. Now, uh, if you'll excuse me. I'll see you later, Miss Kitty. Sure. Well, I sure solved a lot that time, didn't I? Mm-hmm. 
Just swing them doors open for me, Rat. I'm a thirsty man. Well, you swing them open for yourself, Bone. Yeah. Well, come on, Rat. I'll buy first round. What? Look at there. Looky. Just like I told you. That clean shirt ain't gonna do you no good. That dude's already beating your time. Yeah. Well, you order up some beer. I'll be back. All right. Hey, Sam. Yes. Miss Laurie? Oh, hello, Rad. I want you to come sit with me. Rad, I'm sorry, but I'm engaged for the evening. You are, huh? A young, wet-eared dude comes to town, moves in on all the gals. I'm only interested in one of the ladies, Dawson, and she accepted my invitation first. Well, don't that sound pretty now? Rad, please don't make any trouble. What? I ain't gonna make no trouble, Miss Laurie. Not tonight. <laughs> Red. But I tell you how it's going to be. I'm coming to town every night from now on, and all them engagements is going to be with me. It seems to me that's up to Miss Laurie. Well, sure enough. It's up to Miss Laurie. And if she wants you to be able to get back where you come from in one piece, schoolboy, she'll see it my way. You get out of here. Sure I will. I'll go right now. But, uh... You better not let me catch you near this gal again, schoolboy. I'll teach you a new kind of lesson. Sociable, up-to-date, debonair. What's this, a new word game? No, I'm just mentioning the qualities that people admire in other people. Oh, I see. If you're sociable, up-to-date, and uh, what was that other word? Debonair? Yes, debonair. But listen to it this way. Be sociable, look smart, keep up-to-date with Pepsi, drink light. Refreshing Pepsi Stay young and fair And debonair Be sociable Have a Pepsi Notice how many of your friends Are serving Pepsi-Cola these days It's the up-to-date refreshment Be sociable Serve Pepsi Dillon? Uh, Mr. Dillon. What's on your mind, Chester? We got to get cleaned up. What? What's happened? Cleaned up for what? Why, she's coming to see you. That's what's... Excuse me, Mr. What? Dillon. I got to get things picked up. Chester, will you leave those papers on my desk alone? Well, all right, but it looks awful tacky. Now just stand still and tell me what this is all about. Who's coming to see me? Why, that pretty little Laurie Benson, Mr. Dillon. I just seen her having dinner over at Del Monaco's, and that's what she said. She said she was coming right down here. That's what, oh, my goodness, there she is. Just take it easy, Chester. I think we can handle it. Well, I surely do hope so. I, oh, how to do, Miss Laurie? Come right in. Hello, Chester. Marshal Dillon. Hello, Laurie. Marshal, I don't know if I should have come here or not, but, well, I need help. Oh? Well, uh. 
Why don't you sit down? Uh, let me dust off this chair for you. <laughs> well, thank you, Chester. Now, Laurie. We surely would be glad to help you, Miss Laurie. That's very kind of you. All you have to do is just say the word and we'll be there fixing up anything that you need fixing up. Ain't that so, Mr. Dillon? Well, I think we ought to know what it was first, Chester, don't you? Well, yes, sir, of course. We'd have to know what it was first. Now, all you need to do is just speak right up, Miss Laurie. Well, That's I wanted... right. Now, you just Chester. tell us. Mr. Dillon? Weren't you on your way over to the livery stable to see how that sore-legged horse was getting on? Well... Yes, sir, I was. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, excuse me, Miss Larry. Certainly, Chester. Now, Laurie, what's on your mind? Marshal Dillon, can can one man keep another man from seeing somebody? Oh. Well, uh, I'd say that would depend on the men, Laurie. I have a friend named Andrew Scott. Oh, yes, I met him. Well, do you know Red Dawson? Mm Mm-hmm. I know Dawson. Well, he seems to like me. He's always been, well, very nice until Andy came to Dodge. Now Red says he'll hurt Andy if Andy and I see any more of each other. Uh, That's not too surprising, Laurie. Andy's stubborn, Marshal. I'm afraid he'll get hurt. I don't want him to get hurt on account of me. He seems to have a mind of his own. But, Marshal, they mustn't fight. I thought you might kind of talk to them. Well, I tell you, Laurie, stopping a couple of men from fighting over a pretty girl is something that I can't do much about. You're laughing at me. No, no, Laurie, I'm not laughing at you. I'm very serious. It's just that... Well, this kind of thing isn't exactly in my department. Then you won't help me? You won't talk to them? I'll do anything I can, Laurie, to help you, but... There's just one thing. What's that? I can't promise that either one of them is going to pay any attention to what I say. I'll say this, Rat. It's mighty interesting coming to town every night, but... I sure don't know how long money's gonna hold out. I ain't begging you to come with me every time, Lo. But it just don't seem right for me to let you come here alone. Look, look in there, coming out of Delmonico's. (laughs) Don't seem like you scared that schoolboy so bad after all. You shut up. (laughs) Little gal hanging on his arm, so nice and pretty. Thought you wasn't gonna stand for that no more, Rat. I ain't, Bone, I ain't. Now, come on. You, schoolboy, turn around. Handy, don't do it. You calling me? He's wearing a gun, right? He better be. I warned you, schoolboy. I told you to stay away from her. Get back, Laurie. Get back in the doorway. Andy. You'll have to do more than warn me, Dawson. I'm a-going to. Get him, Bone. Get him. All right, that's enough. Now drop your guns, all of you. He shot me, Marshal. I got a right to protect myself. I saw it, Rad. You drew on him first. Now go on, drop your guns right now. All right, Andy, get Laurie away from here. I'm not afraid of him, Marshal. Do what I said. Yes, sir. Come on, Laurie. Well, it seems to me you're letting the wrong man go, Marshal. That kid shot right in the shoulder. It might be a pretty bad wound. 
You're lockhead, boy. You listen to me, Bone. If you want to help Rad, you get him up to Docks, and then you get him out of Dodge, and you keep him out. Well, ain't no law says he can't come back here. There is now. How you making it, Rad? Shoulder hanging together all right? It ain't my shoulder that's eating at me. Yeah. No account Marshal sure. Your talk's mighty big. That ain't the Marshal needed. I gotta get me that Andy Scott. I gotta get him good, Bone. You ain't got no chance to do nothing. That Marshal see you and Dodge again. He ain't gonna see me. What you figuring on? I'll lay low till it's dark. And hide out near the Dodge house. That's where he lives. Gonna ambush the kid? When he comes back from seeing Lori, I can jump him real easy. Hmm. Figure on killing him? I don't much care what happens to him. But I'll tell you the truth, I'm gonna give that kid the beating of his life. Hey, Rad. Hmm. Why don't we bring him out to our place? Why bother carrying him way out there? Well, no, that, that kid, he, he's got a, a rich daddy, ain't he? Yeah, I guess so. Well, make us a pile of money, and you could teach that kid a lesson at the same time. How? Well, his daddy paid good money to have us turn him loose. How would he know? We'd get the kid to write him a letter, telling him to. Well, I don't know. Main thing I want is for him to leave Laurie alone. Well, you do whatever you want after we get the money. You know, you might just be right at that, Bone. After all, a little money never hurt nobody. Here comes Elmer Blurt, world's lowest pressure salesman. Nobody home, I hope, I hope, I hope. It says here, J.P. Pullum, dentist. You wouldn't want to buy a new 1959 Rambler, would you, Doc? You are a lucky man. I just happen to have a vacancy. Uh, sit down. Yeah, but, Doc... Open wide. Uh, oh, that's right. You know, you don't have to sell me on the 59 Rambler. It's first in economy, first in sales gains, and no wonder. Rambler has the best of both. Big car room, small car economy. Yeah, but, Doc... Oh, relax. Can't you salesmen ever stop selling? <laughs> you know, Rambler's got quite an idea with that personalized comfort. Independently adjustable front seats, adjustable headrests, easiest parking and handling in America. Mm-hmm. Well, that 59 Rambler is so terrific, it makes you want to put your foot right down on the accelerator. Mm-hmm. No, that didn't hurt, did it? Oh, gosh, Willikers, no. That's my lower plate you've been drilling. <laughs> Rambler outsells all six of the best-selling foreign makes combined. 59 Rambler sales are nearly two and a half times greater than a year ago. See the success car at Rambler Dealers. I'm going downstairs, Laurie. I'll look in on you again a little later. Oh, I'm all right, really, I am, Kitty. I'm ashamed I gave way so, but... Well, I just couldn't believe Andy'd go away like that. That he'd run. I'm sorry, I... Honey, this wasn't his world. You mustn't blame him too much. I know, Kitty, I know... 
I shouldn't have expected anything, but... Well, I did think he'd at least say goodbye. That wouldn't have hurt him, I'll say that. But you might as well learn this lesson while you're still young enough to get over it. Learn what lesson? That the less you expect from a man, any man, better off you are. I'll see you later, Laurie. Sure. me, boy. You better speak up. You're wasting your time, Bone. Mm-mm, not my time, schoolboy. Yours. Get up off of the floor. Come on, get up. Oh. Now, I'm telling you true. I'm your friend. All right, he'd shot you right off. He had his chance. Well, he'd have shot you last night if I hadn't argued him out of it. Now, look, all you have to do is just tell me how to write to your daddy. It ain't so much, is it? I'm not going to tell you. You're going to tell me. Well, it might take a little time, but you'll tell me. All right, you just lay there while I'm figuring. I'll be back. If... Won't do you any good to kill me. You got us all wrong, schoolboy. We ain't gonna kill you. No, sir. Because you ain't gonna get no food or no water till you tell us how to write to your daddy. You... You won't get anything from me. Well, then, you might be running the chance of starving to death, but that'd be up to you. Get out of here. I think I'll do that for now. But I'll be back, schoolboy. And next time, Rad may be with me. And I tell you true, he just don't take kindly to you. He don't take kindly to you at all. Sit down with you, Mr. Jones. Ah, sure, Chester. Thank you. I was beginning to worry about you. It's not like you to be late for a meal. I sure do hope there's some of that pie left. I declare I could have wrung his neck. Oh, wrung whose neck? The old Doby or the Dodge House. I just couldn't get away from him, and I knowed it was dinner time. <laughs> what was Doby ragging you about this time? Well, he's awful upset over that young fellow, Andy Scott. Scott? Is he back in town? Well, that's just the trouble. He ain't. He left without paying his bill. He left his stuff strewn all over his room. Well, Mr. Doby's fit to be tied. He's acting like an old maid about it, if you ask Wait me. a minute, Chester. Doby didn't see Scott leave? Well, he ain't saw him since that day you stopped the shooting out in the street. And Scott hasn't been back to his room? Well, if he has, Doby ain't saw him. It don't seem nobody has. I'm afraid somebody has, Chester. And we better find out.
sure they drug that boy away out here, Mr. Dillon. It don't make good sense to me. I'm not sure, Chester, but I don't expect a thing like this to make sense. I guess you're right. Yonder the house. Yeah. Let's leave the horses here. Just keep your eyes open. Dawson, Bone, open up. Come on, come on, it's Marshal Dillon, open up. What do you want here, Marshal? I got a few questions to ask you. We ain't got no time, man. Look, you ain't got no... Wait, wait, wait a minute, Rad. Don't want the marshal to think we got something to hide. That's right, Bone. Well, what do you want to know, Marshal? Where's Andy Scott? How should I know? Yeah, how should we know, Marshal? You run us out of Dodge, your own self. Yeah, and the boy hasn't been seen since you left. Isn't that a fact? Hmm. Well, he probably skedaddled back home to his daddy. Look in the other room, Chester. Yes, you can. Now, listen here. Just stand easy, right? Nobody in there, Mr. Oh, Dillon. Of course in there ain't. Not like I Mr. Dillon, look out the window. They smoke coming out of that shed. What? Come on. Marshal, you ain't going nowhere. Don't try it, right? You killed him. You want to argue anymore, Bone? Not like that, I don't. All right, then drop your gun on the floor and come outside and be mighty careful how you move. Sir... Bust open the door, Chester. Yes, sir. Come on. Why, Scott, Mr. Dillon? Yeah. Are you all right, Andy? Here, untie his arms and legs, Chester. I'll get this rag out of his mouth. Thank you, Marshal. It's a lot better. Stop that fire out, Chester. Yes, sir. It ain't got a very good start. Here, Andy, let me help you. We'll get you out of here. Come on. Thanks. There. Now, did you kick that lantern over? When, when I heard somebody ride up, it was the only thing I could think of. You took an awful chance of burning yourself up. Well, my chances weren't too good anyway I looked at it. Yeah. Fact is, I'm surprised to find you alive at all. Oh, they weren't going to kill me, Marshal. They were just leaving me here to die by myself. Is this true, Bone? Mm-hmm. The Marshal was his own fault. All he had to do was just tell how to write to his daddy. What? Well, sure, Marshal. I kept Rad from shooting him. We were just we were just trying to get us some money. All that boy had to do was talk. We'd have let him go. Sure you would. Just like I'm going to let you go. Hmm? Well, you, you don't want me, Marshal. You, you, you got Rad. He's the one that started it. Sure, Bone. But you didn't stop it. Now, come on. Let's get going. Coming up to ten gallons, Mr. Johns. 
Uh, check your oil filter and air filter. Might pay you $1,000. How's that? Well, haven't you heard about Fram's big silver treasure hunt? Oh, yes. Heard something about it over my car radio this morning. What's it all about? Well, a regular filter check is so important that Fram Corporation is paying $60,000 to get car owners to check their filters now. $60,000 in cash? Yeah, this is Fram's silver anniversary. Last year, 10,000 secretly numbered Fram filters were distributed all over the United States and installed in cars during regular servicing. You may have one in your car and not even know it. A Fram filter cartridge worth 1,000 silver dollars. And if you do, I get a thousand bucks, too. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's check those filters now. Hurry, folks. You could win up to a thousand dollars in cash. Join the big Fram treasure hunt. Check your car filters now. Gunsmoke. Produced and directed by Norman McDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. The story was specially written for Gunsmoke by Marion Clark, with editorial supervision by John Meston. Featured in the cast were Sam Edwards, Eleanor Berry, Vic Perrin, and Lawrence Dobkin. Harley Bear is Chester, Howard McNear is Doc, and Georgia Ellis is Kitty. This is George Walsh inviting you to join us again next week for another story on Gunsmoke. Chesterfield. To put a smile in your smoking, always buy Chesterfield. Made the modern way with Accuray. Around Dodge City and in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. Starring William Conrad, the transcribed story of the violence that moved west with young America, and the story of a man who moved with it. I'm that man, Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. The first man they look for and the last they want to meet. It's a chancy job, and it makes a man watchful and a little lonely. (laughs) 
It was the worst winter we'd ever had in Dodge. The worst one I'd ever seen anywhere on the plains. It had been a short summer with the rain starting a month early and turning to snow and sleet before the end of September. From then on, it was one blizzard right after another, roaring down off the flat basin, freezing the creeks and the ponds and piling up snow in the gullies. Stock suffered and men suffered. And it got so nobody in town would do anything or go anywhere unless there was some reason they just had to. It was a winter that started out cold, and it kept getting colder. One of the few places in town where a man could go to get warm was a long branch. They had a big pot-bellied stove there that would take four-foot chunk of cottonwood. Most nights they kept it red hot. Matt, you want to know a secret? Yeah, sure, Kitty. What is it? I'm in love with a man who invented woolen underwear. You? <laughs> Under that? You're darn right. Don't let the dress fool you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it can't do much good. About as big as a saddle blanket for a cotton tail. In this weather, anything helps. How about a drink, Matt? Well, I was kind of waiting around for Doc, Kitty, but I guess that baby of Miss Tucker's turning out to be pretty stubborn. The Tuckers? Another one? Uh-huh. You oh. man, you'd wear a gun. Well, it started out to be a quiet evening. Oh, it's Ned Crater and old man Sideroy. I think it's just a talking fight. Now, Kitty, this one's due. It's been building for a week now. I'll see you later. You ain't scared. Why don't you borrow a gun? Anybody in here will loan you one. They'll be glad to see you called for once. You're yellow, Josh. You're mean, dirty, and you're yellow. All right, Crater, you've had your say now. Well, how do you feel, Marshal? How would you feel about it if you was in my place? Probably the same way you do, but this kind of talk's not going to help you any. Now, why don't you take a walk? Go have a drink somewhere else. Oh, huh? sure. While that old skinflint stands there... Crater, I said and... take a walk. I'll get... All right, Marshal. That was well handled, Marshal. You join me for a drink? No, thank you. Side room. What makes you like you are? I don't believe I understand you. Joshua Sidro, the meanest man in town. Do you like being thought of that way? I'm not much concerned, Marshal, one way or another. A prudent and successful man's always envied, maligned by fools like Ned Crater. That hay barn of yours is full to the roof. You got five times what you need to hold your stock through the winter. Crater's on a ragged edge. He's desperate. A couple of loads that probably carry him. You wouldn't even miss it. Well, hay's for sale. Oh, yeah, sure. And twice what it's worth. The thing is worth whatever you can sell it for, Marshal. He's no better than the other nesters. They're buying from me. They must got cash. It's his first year on the land. He's got no cash and no credit. You know that. Then he should have been more industrious. Shown some foresight. He was caught short by the early rains, the same as the rest of it. Now, what's the use? You know, Joshua, someday you're going to end up being the richest man on Boot Hill. Well, Ned Crater don't ever put me there. He might. He's worked up enough. Yeah, he's like all failures. Talks big and does small. He's a fool. And I'll be here long after he starved to death. Dillon, the more wood you chunk into this cussed stove, the less heat it seems to give off. That's a cold morning, Chester. Throw some buffalo chips in. Yes, and burn out the grates again. 
If this jailhouse can't afford a halfway decent stove in weather like this, I... Well, forevermore. Look there. Look who's up bright and early this morning. What? Uh, Joshua's side rope. Leading the pack horse. Maybe he's going to pull out, Mr. Dillon. That's wishful thinking, Chester. I wonder why he's coming here. Marshal! Marshal Dillon! Well, I guess there's only one way to get it over with. Marshal. Yeah, Joshua. I brought in the body of my son, Jabel. He was murdered during the night. Chesterfields, they satisfy. This Christmas, give everyone Chesterfields. Chesterfields are easy to give because they come ready to give in a bright red special holiday carton that's wrapped in its own colorful Christmas ribbon. Everyone enjoys Chesterfields' smoother, cooler smoking pleasure. So, to all your friends this year, say Merry Christmas with cartons of Chesterfields. No wrapping, no tying. They're easy to give because they come ready to give. Chesterfields, in the bright red special holiday carton. Wrapped and ready, they're the best to buy. Cartons of Chesterfields, they satisfy. took young Jabel's body up to Doc's office and he went to work on it to see what he could find out for me. Chester and I waited in the ante room and old Joshua told us what had happened. I had Jabel staying up every night this week, keeping watch on the barn, same as last night. I had Hayes valuable and I didn't aim to lose it. Yeah, you didn't wake up during the night, you didn't hear anything. Huh? A clear conscience makes a sound sleeper, Marshal. When Jabel wasn't around this morning, I thought he must be out in the barn doing his chores. About 7.30, I went out to the barn looking for him. Lock was broke off the door. Finally, I found him laying there in the barnyard, covered with snow that fell during the night. Any uh, hay missing? No. I figured after they shot Jabel, he got scared and ran off. Uh, Matt, it's pretty hard to tell much. It was colder than blue blazes last night. The bodies froze stiff. I got the bullet, though. It was a rifle of some kind. It wasn't any six-gun. Marshal. If you have no more questions, I'll go and make arrangements for a coffin. Yeah, sure, go ahead. Oh, Joshua. Huh? I, uh, I'm sorry about your boy. I don't regard sentimentality as being a function of law. It's not sympathy I want. It's retribution. Good day. Mean, mean. That is the one meanest man I ever see. It's too bad it kicked back on Jabel. He was a good boy, Matt. He was warm-hearted and generous. 
He was nothing like that old man. Yeah, I know, Doc. How do you figure it, Mr. Dillon? And I'm afraid there's only one way to figure it, Chester. All right, let's saddle up. We'll go out and get Crater. Ain't much sign of life, Mr. Dillon. Now there's smoke coming out of the chimney. Yeah. Marshal Dillon, Chester, come in. Thank you, ma'am. Morning, Miss Crater. Huh? I'll pour you some coffee. Uh, we're kind of pushed for time, ma'am. Is uh, is Ned here? No, it's just me and the young one. Huh. Hey, you know where he is? No, I don't, Marshal Dillon. He's been gone since last night. Hitched up the big wagon, took the four mules and his saddle horse and left. Here. Oh, thank you, ma'am. Thank you. He uh, didn't tell you where he was going, huh? No, it just said he wasn't going to sit around while the stock died of starvation and, and me and the young one went hungry, no matter what it costs. He, he said if he wasn't back in five days, I, I was to sell out and go home to my folks. I don't understand what he meant. Well, there's no use reaching for trouble till it gets here, man. Well, somebody told him yesterday about a camp of Kiowa Indians out toward Badger Crossing. I thought maybe he was going to try to find them and borrow some hay from them, maybe, but I, I don't know. And with this blizzard fixing to hit, I'm worried, Marshal. Oh, he'll probably be back by tonight, ma'am, tomorrow morning anyway. How's the boy? Oh, well, he's been a little croupy all week, but I, I guess in this kind of weather you have to expect that. Sure, half the kids in Dodge have got a touch of it. Well, we better be riding on, Miss Crater. Well, I'll tell Ned you was here. Yeah, you do that, will you? And thank you very much for the coffee. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. What do you think, Mr. Jones? I don't know, Chester. Them Kiowas don't do much loaning. No, but they'll trade. He didn't get any hay at the side, Rose. You figure he went on the Badger Crossing? Well, there's only one way to find out. <laughs> The storm really hit us a couple of hours out. Blinding snow on a cold, driving wind. The trail was already a foot deep and it got worse. The horses didn't like the going and kept trying to tail off to the wind. Times it got so bad we had to take shelter in a coulee and wait it out for a while. When it came dark, we hadn't made over eight or ten miles. And after all that trouble, we still come pretty close to missing it. Did you hear something, Mr. Dillon? I'm not sure, Chester, but pull up. Yeah, but whatever it was, it came from over there toward the creek bank. Sure sounded to me oh. like... Th that's what it is. It's somebody yelling. Yeah, it's down that way. Come on. Ah. Oh. Over here! Over! Watch out for that bank, oh. Chester. I see it. There he is, Mr. Dillon. It's a wagon. It's down in the creek. Yeah, it's Ned Crater's rig. He's broke through the ice, bogged down. Give me a hand here. Cut those Hurry. mules loose and get them out of there, Crater, before you lose them along with the wagon. Take them, pull out all right. But if I leave the box here, loose the lines, they'll founder. 
Right into the water, Marshal. Grab the lead mule's halter and get him straight. They'll pull her out. All right. That water's freezing, Mr. Dillon. Well, that's not going to get any warmer before April. Come on, Chester. All right, keep the lines tight, Trader. Yeah, I know. All right, get her out there, Mule. Come on. Just go straight. That's it. Hey, yeah, come on. That's it. Just pull it. Sure. Right, get off, Mule, Chester. Yes, get her out of there. Come on. Come on. I told you they'd pull it. Oh, now. Well... Marshal, what the devil are you doing clear we'll out here? We'll talk about it later. Kick some wood out from under that yeah. snow and let's get a fire going before we freeze to death. I sure wasn't aiming to lose that load of hay, Marshal. Well, you just about did in that creek. Where'd you get it, Crater? A band of Kiowas. Back at Badger Crossing. I... Traded him my saddle pony. Now that pento mare has a lot of horse for a load of hay. Well, what are you going to do when you ain't got choice? That argument you got into with old Joshua's side row. What started it, Carter? Well, that boy of his, young Jabel, stopped by our place a couple of days ago. Told me he'd see to it I got at least one load of hay. And then when I run into old Joshua in the Long Branch and told him about it, he just laughed. Devil. He said the kid was out of his mind that he didn't have no more authority around the place than the other cow hand. You got your rifle with you? Uh, yeah, sure. I'd like to take a look at it. All right. I won't guarantee what condition it's in. I've been so plain busy, I ain't had time to do nothing right. Here, here you are. Thanks. Yeah. Where'd you claim this gun last? Well, a couple of weeks back. I told you it was in pretty bad shape. Couldn't be much worse. I wouldn't try to fire it till I got the rust out of that barrel. Marshal, what's all this about? Jabel's side row was found lying dead in the barn lot this morning. He's been shot. So that's what you're doing out this way? Yeah, that's it, Crater. Well, Marshal, if, if you figure I killed Jabel's side row for this load of hay, you're wrong. I'd do most anything to keep my stock from starving, but not that. Not killing. I know. Then you're not arresting me? No. Well, I figured you thought that I... did I... at first, Crater. That's why we rode out to find you. But I guess you couldn't have shot him. Not with your rifle in that condition. You mean I can go home? Yeah. And Chester and I will give you a hand with a wagon. Thanks, Marshal. Well, after we get Crater home, what are we going to do, Mr. Dillon? Have a look at a barn full of hay, Chester. Stop! Start smoking with a smile with Chester Fields. Yes, put a smile in your smoking. It's as easy as ABC, because Chesterfields made with Accuray are A, always milder, B, better tasting, C, cooler smoking. Yes, a Chesterfield is always milder 
Accuray controls your Chesterfield in the making, gives it a more even distribution of fine tobaccos that burn more evenly, smoke much milder. A Chesterfield is better tasting. An Accuray Chesterfield draws more easily, lets you enjoy all the flavor. And a Chesterfield is cooler smoking. 14% more perfectly packed than cigarettes made without Accuray. You enjoy cooler smoking. No hot spots. No hard draw. So always buy Chesterfield. Put a smile in your smoke and just give them a try. Light up a Chesterfield. They satisfy. rather do than go prowling around old Joshua's barnyard in the middle of the night. This won't take long, Chester. No, but it won't take long for a man to freeze out here. man did freeze out here. Right about here, in fact. What are you doing with that gun, Mr. Dillon? I thought we was being quiet. What are you going to shoot at? Well, the moon makes as good a target as anything. So... That made enough racket to raise it dead. I hope you're right. Hold it right where you are. I got a rifle on you. All right, calm down, Joshua. It's Matt Dillon. Marshal, what's the meaning of this? What's happened to that clear conscience of yours, Joshua? You're not sleeping as sound as you claim you were night before last. I thought somebody was after me. Uh, who'd you have in mind? I don't know. That's what I come out to see. Shot woke me up. It didn't night before last. The shot or the dogs. None of it woke you up. Well, what happens once don't have to happen the same way again. No. In fact, some things can't happen the same way again. What do you mean, Marshal? When you only got one son, you can only kill him once. Now, what was it, Joshua? An argument? Did he finally stand up on his feet and defy you? No. No, you're wrong, Marshal. You know, you're the only man in Dodge with a lock on his barn. You tell me something. Did Jabel have a key to it? No, he didn't. And what made you think he was out there at his chores yesterday morning when he didn't even have a key to get into the barn? All right. I shot him. He was a thief. He was your own son. I caught him in the middle of the night, breaking into the barn. He was going to take a load of hay to the crater. Give it to him, mind you. He ignored my orders, cursed me, and I shot him. He's the same as any other common thief. The jury will see it that way. I wouldn't count on it, Joshua. All right, now, give me the rifle. Give it to me. All right, let's go. Wait a minute. I got to nail up that door. I can't leave it open. I got valuable hay in that barn. Don't worry about it, Joshua. The neighbors will take care of it for you. Now, come on. moment our star, William Conrad. Put a smile in your smoking. It's as easy as ABC, because Chesterfields made with Accuray are A, always milder. Smoke much milder. Burn evenly. B, better tasting. Draw more easily. 
you enjoy more flavor. C, cooler smoking. 14% more perfectly packed than cigarettes made without Accuray. No hot spots. No hard draw. So always buy Chesterfield. Remember, an Accuray Chesterfield is always milder, better tasting, cooler smoking. You know, land was cheap on the frontier because there was so much of it. Yet on our next gun smoke, a man is killed over a few acres. But that was the West. Good night. Gunsmoke, produced and directed by Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. The special music for Gunsmoke was composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Sound patterns by Tom Hanley and Bill James. Featured in the cast were Ralph Moody, John Daner, and Virginia Christine. Harley Bear is Chester, Howard McNear is Doc, and Georgia Ellis is Kitty. Christmas seals give your cards and packages that holiday look. Help fight tuberculosis. Buy and use Christmas seals. Make Christmas their red letter day, their L&M red letter day. Give them the Christmas card and full of America's best. Yes, give L&M's on Christmas Day to friends who smoke the builder way. L&M's got everything, the gift for Christmas Day. This is it. For Christmas... L&M filters and the handsome Christmas carton. No fuss with ribbons or paper. It's all wrapped and ready to give. This Christmas, give L&M Christmas cartons. Join us again next week for another specially transcribed story as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in gun smoke. The sun is setting on the Old West and the stories that have brought us together. As we run off into the horizon, we are filled with nostalgia and a longing for days gone by. The characters and adventures and the lessons we have learned will stay with us forever. So long for now, until we meet again, may the good old days of classic westerns never be forgotten.